Hey, Kurt, what are you drinking? I'm drinking some coffee. Ooh, what kind? Dragonfly Coffee Roasters. It's delicious. Oh, just like the end on the show. Yeah. And if anybody wants to buy some of their coffee, they can go to dragonflycoffeeroasters.com and use GGFN10 for 10% off all products. Ooh, that's a good deal. I know, right? Let's get on with the show. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Friday Night Dinner Podcast. I'm your host, Curtis. With me, as always, is Dr. Stephanie Sarkis, PhD. You can find her at stephaniesarkis.com. How are you today, Steph? Great. How are you? I'm doing great, thanks. How's the weather your way? It's beautiful out. Right now, it is 82 Fahrenheit. And I was able to walk the dog twice today during the middle of the day, which is a special treat here. So- yeah. I'm sure it's not usually cool enough for that. Right. So, yeah. So we've been doing some more like I'm going out. Going to the beach during the middle of the day. Yeah. So it's been great. Oh, nice. Yeah. It's uh, 53 Fahrenheit here or 11 degrees Celsius. And yeah, it's it's good. Cool. Yeah. It's like usually what it is this time of the year. So it's not the... Not really that uh, different, all things considered, than what I'm used to. But, uh, yeah, we're here to talk about uh, Gilmore Girls, uh, and in particular, episode 16 of season 4, The Reigning Lorelei. So, was, uh, I mean, hopefully you like Emily and Richard, because it was very Emily and Mm Richard-centric, among many other things. Um, But, uh, yeah... Uh, this episode was written by uh, Jane Eppinson, so no Daniel Palladino, thank goodness. Uh, so what, has she written other ones, do you know? Yeah, she's uh, written a few other episodes of the show. She, actually no, she only did one other. She did um, the one with uh, where Dean had his engagement party and got a little too drunk. So that was, we both like that, I think. Yeah. I like this episode, too. This episode's a good one, because kind of, I guess, Mm -hmm. um, you know, you take this um, moment of Trix, uh, Richard's mother, dying, and kind of just throws everything for a loop. And, you know, Mm -hmm. we've kind of watched over the season as, like, Emily and Richard have encountered more and more issues. You know, the thing with, like, Pendle and Locke and the disdain for Jason, among other things. And now you're just adding even more fuel to this fire. And I think it's just things are going to get worse and worse for Emily and Richard as time goes on. Um, yeah. I mean, it looked like they had kind of come to an agreement at the end. Like, no, they're still unresolved business there. Yeah. Well, because like. Unfinished business, as we say in therapy. Hmm? Yeah. Well, and like, it was interesting too that, like, say the stuff with Pendle and Locke has been weighing on Emily's mind already, but. Then she finds this letter that Trix wrote to Richard saying, like, "Same carbons." Like, why are you, why are you, why are you marrying Emily? You should be marrying Penelin instead. 
And so it's like... Ugh. And, you know, I, I felt like how Lorelai felt, which is he picked her. Mm-hmm. He picked Emily. But I could also see where that opens up that nerve of they've never talked about um, Emily finding out that he's been going to um, lunch with her every year. How did they actually... So I, I forget. I know that was at the Yale football game episode. But how did she find out that that he was meeting with her every year for dinner? Did he say? Uh, it was because lunch? she knew that Lorelai was opening the inn and uh-huh. like she, Emily knew that it just hadn't been mentioned to her. So that's when uh, Richard confessed that he told her over the lunches that they have. So, yeah. They just never talked about it. And so Emily's, yeah, I've been holding it in like a tea kettle. Yeah, and that's Emily for you. She, you know, she holds on to a lot of things and holds in a lot of resentment. And uh, I think the, you know, stuff like this just kind of weighs on her quite a bit and just kind of gets more and more explosive as as, as time goes on. Um, but, uh, yeah, not, uh, not, Trix was not doing anyone any favors uh, as she departed <laughs> this mortal realm. Um, but, uh, yeah. That's not the only thing that happens in this episode, though. Um, Rory, I guess, is the new target for Doyle, uh, who seems to get really upset with people using newspaper resources for their own personal stuff, which I wanted to just be like, eh, that's how it is at almost every workplace. Like, Mm -hmm. you you, you can't expect that people are going to not, you know, like, I don't know, even, like, the place where I work, like, I know people, like, print things or do whatever else. I don't really, like, I'm like, I don't care. Like, you do whatever you gotta do, right? But I think some people get more upset with that than others, and, yeah. I think uh, Doyle was just needing an excuse for to take things out on Rory, and, but you have Glenn, who's just like, oh, thank goodness it's not me anymore. Right, so, so Glenn knew it was up. Glenn's like, oh, you're the you're the punching bag now. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. Um, but then he's like, oh, it only lasted three days, or for me it lasted a month. And then you find out the editor's grandmother died, so he starts talking about, you know, how much he loved his grandmother. And Rory has so much guilt over, you know, talking about the great-grandmother. And she's like, okay, it was my great-grandmother, and, you know, we weren't that close. And so, you know, Rory's got this guilty conscience. And I'm like, oh, don't say anything. Just go with it. Well, like, yeah, because she's like, oh, it's not my grandmother. It's my, like great grandmother and i didn't know her that well and i'm like yeah like who cares but she made your family suffer made your grandmother suffer yeah and she was doing research so i mean she wasn't technically wrong she was doing research into who she was so which turned into a really nice moment with uh grandpa where she's like if you can't do the eulogy i've i've studied you know basically to write her a bit so i'll take over for you and you can tell richard was really touched and then he said that comment that she was beautiful inside and out He's yeah. To his friends about Rory. I thought that was really sweet. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, uh, not a whole lot else goes on in this episode aside from the weird, weird fact that they brought back the actress who plays Tricks to play her niece. That's pretty cool. I guess like it was just kind of felt weird. Like I don't know. Oh, really? Like it was time. too like gimmicky. I guess. Like, I, I know that she kind of looks different enough because I think they aged her up to play tricks where I was like... They did, you know, yeah. I think she was her actual age, but part of me was just like, I don't know, this just feels weird. 
like. I think it was probably a nod to people that grew up with Happy Days because she was Mrs. Cunningham in Happy Days. I think for a lot of people, that's like a cultural touchstone. So I think it was for I think it was for older people that mm. were watching it at the time. Right. Because um, she's she's a kind of beloved actress from that time period. So and mm -hmm. she's still alive, by the way. She's ninety something. Wow. Yep. So she must have been eighty, late seventies, early eighties when she did that. She looks really good. Yeah. Yeah, she really does. Um. Yeah. Oh, well, I guess also too, like Richard gets really distraught over losing his mom. He wants mock turtle soup, so. Turtle soup. Yeah. Yeah. So we're trying to decipher. Wants, and well, then he starts talking about how she's a saint, so we can get into the psychology of loss and how it can trigger this kind of idealized view of people. Mm -hmm. Because he was blaming himself for this argument they had, but you know she was kind of out of line mm -hmm. when they had that argument. He had he had it was like the the one time that he said something back to her. And now he has to live with that. Yeah. Which he wasn't in the wrong. She was embarrassing him in front of his family. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and she's like, not a pleasant person. Yeah. Well, I know too, like, what's his name? Richard was saying, like, oh, yeah, he felt bad that he was rude to his mom. But I'm like, well, she wasn't being kind. Like, you know. And she was constantly going after uh, Emily. Yeah. And... Like, right before they got in the fight, like, the day before, and I think it was the last episode or second last episode, um, she had said something rude about Emily, and Richard had just kind of laughed and said, oh, tricks, you know, kind of, like, basically backing her up on her mm -hmm. comments. So it was kind of about time that he said something. So I'm I'm wondering if in future episodes it kind of, he comes to terms with the fact that maybe she wasn't this great woman that he thinks she was, that she was, you know, not very nice. Mm hmm So it'll be interesting to see kind of what comes of that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let's see. Uh, yeah, not much else really goes on. I mean, this is kind of like, I think they kind of let this be like the big focal point of the episode, which is, mm -hmm. you know, fine. Uh, I think you, you, you kind of like to... You know, with the actress that plays tricks, you kind of want to, like, give her some level of respect. Especially because, yeah, she's been on Happy Days and other stuff. So, mm -hmm. you know. There's not too much else going on in this episode. Um, yeah. So we have Kirk translating what um, Luke is saying to... Uh, oh, yeah. I guess we have, yeah, Luke and Nicole are, are fighting... And that kind right. of and the whole town's listening in. Hmm? Yeah, well, you also get a little bit more of that in the next episode, too. But right. uh, yeah, um, but yeah, uh, I also do like that Emily just kind of like starts to just let herself go in a funny way. Like there's the scene yeah. where Suki and um, Lorelai go to visit her, and she's like in some like house coat like sipping on a drink smoking indoors and oh yeah she yeah. doesn't care yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah that was great and then then so he's like can can i have the you know buffet in the dining room and then she's like just you know put some cheese and crackers on her and have people 
<laughs> oh yeah, that was that was my favorite line of the episode. I think the exact line was, oh, okay. "I think we should toss some cheese cubes in the coffin, stuff some toothpicks in her mouth, and let the people go to town." It's like, jeez, yeah. Emily's just yeah, savage, that, right? And then when she was at her house and she was had found this letter, she's like, "Just put her like throw in a ditch and have wolves come get her or something." Like, <laughs> I mean, she just got vicious. Yeah, which you know I can kind of understand. Oh yeah, I mean she's angry. Yeah. yeah. So you get you get to see the. I mean when she's when she's been upset she's been snarky, but she's mm. never gotten to like you know feed this person on wolf level. So that was kind of interesting. To see. Yeah. Well, I think like. But then you saw. Oh, go ahead. It's interesting that she's always like so like she kind of tolerates tricks to a large degree. You can tell. Like. As Richard adores her yeah. yeah like i don't think she actually likes her but at the same time too like she's yeah. never at any point going to like go up against her and like risk her relationship with richard but like she's had these yeah. issues with richard and now trix is gone like she's got nobody holding her back she can just go full-blown emily in this mm -hmm. episode which is great uh, right right and it, it's, it'll be interesting to see how she navigates with Richard now that Trix isn't in the picture. Yeah. Um, yeah like you said, she can do what she wants. Um, and then um, there's something else about the... I'm trying to think of what it was. Um, the... Oh, you could tell that Emily was feeling better at the funeral because she complained about how she criticized Lorelai's shoes. She's like, you wore those shoes to a funeral? And I'm like, oh, Emily's getting better. You know, because before she was just throwing all caution to win, and she's like, "Here's this book I read," and da, da, da. like she wasn't complaining about anything. But I'm like, when she complained, I was like, "Oh, she's feeling better." Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, Emily kind of like got back into her groove. I mean, there's, there's yeah. the one thing that I'm gonna miss is like the, the tricks and Emily kind of dynamic, the feud that they had. It was always kind of fun. In a because they were a lot alike in some ways too, and I wonder if Emily actually recognized that. Yeah, I think she must have. So. She must have, yeah. Um, cool. Uh, favorite performance in this episode? My favorite was uh, Marion Ross. I know you didn't like that; you thought it was gimmicky, but I was like, "Oh, that's super cool." They included her. I yeah. I, I thought. I mean, but again, I think it's the age difference between us. Probably that it, it probably meant something different to me than it does to you. Well, it's not even like it was like her performance was good. I just thought it was like, mm -hmm. oh, you could have cast anybody else like but mm -hmm. it wasn't like the worst thing in the world it was just yeah i was like oh this feels it felt a contrived. yeah it felt a little like forced i also wonder how many people would mm -hmm. actually have noticed that or people would have just been like oh here's this here's her niece like they're not gonna know any better that would be an interesting <laughs> question yeah how many people didn't even realize yeah um how about you? Oh, oh! Do you want me to say worst? Yeah. What, what was your least favorite? Glenn, and I don't think it's the actor. I think it's the character. Uh, I think it's got to be a. I think it's a bit of both, to be real. Like, oh, okay. I, I just, I don't know. Like that character just screams like, <laughs> I don't know, problematic in a lot of different ways. Even in the next episode too. Well, pretty much any episode he's in, it's just like. Why has no one reported Glenn to the authorities? Like, he's just... Right. I don't know. And why is Janet getting a van with him the next episode? But that that we'll talk about that next episode. Yeah. But um, but the editor, too, that it was... It's just obnoxious. Like, yeah. I don't see it adding 
value to the show. Mm. Except to show Rory at Yale. That's the only purpose I can see behind it. Yeah. I think it's meant to be like, this is what her life is like now at Yale. Right. You know, like, it's not Stars Hollow, which I think we kind of already know. But I think it's there to remind you every so often, like, yeah, she's she's not uh, Stars Hollow anymore. Um, my, I'd say my favorite was Emily. I think, like, she just had a lot to work with in this episode. And she had some great lines. Yeah. And, I, like, mm-hmm. even though, like, she was being really rude in a lot of ways, I, I also mm-hmm. sympathized for her. Like, I felt bad for her because, you know, she she has a character, like, she's been through so much. And, like, she, right. she just continuously has to, like, put on a face and do these things for Richard or for others. But deep down, like, she's got a lot of resentment and anger over her situation. Mm-hmm. So... I don't know. I just think like it. I really felt bad for Emily, even though, you know, yeah, she's talking about like stuffing a body in a ditch or something like that, where it's just like, oh. Uh, <laughs> if... you, can't, you can't fault her for it because you know she went through a lot of stuff with Tricks, and to find that that Tricks, she had done all this stuff for Tricks to make Tricks happy, like get all Tricks gifts out, you know, blah yeah. blah, blah blah, when she came to visit, and mm-hmm. then to find out that she had actively tried to dissuade Richard from marrying her. Yeah. I mean, I think I could, you know, I think I could, and I think a lot of other people can identify with just reaching that point where you're just like, forget it. Like, yeah. throwing all caution in the wind, you know? And mm-hmm. so it's kind of freeing to see her just kind of like be like, oh, we have to get ready? Okay, whatever. You know, like, I, I think everybody's got that point where they just kind of lose it a little bit. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I just like that about Emily and like uh, Kelly Bishop, the actress, really sells Emily. And like where she's yeah. at mentally uh, and emotionally, mm-hmm. so yeah, I, I you know yeah. as much as this is about Trix dying, it's also a lot about like Emily and the situation that she's in now. So because she has not addressed this letter with Richard because Richard's grieving, so she's not going to bring it up now. I don't even know if she ever will bring it up. I think she'll just sort of. Mm-hmm. I could see her never bringing it up and just maybe resenting Richard for it. Or also, Lorelai had a good point though. You know, like, he picked her. He got this letter, and why would he bring it up to Emily the day before their wedding? Yeah. You know, just to kind of break her heart. I mean, I could see why she didn't know about it. Yeah. Why would he ever want to bring it up? Yeah, exactly. It just, I don't know. Like, I could see him, like, dismissing the letter and moving on with his life. But. Like, oh, tricks. I could see him going, oh, tricks. And but, then, like, yeah. also, too, I'm like, how did she have the letter? If she gave him the letter, why would she have it? She had the carbon. Oh, okay. Carbon, which which was, so, Emily, uh, Lorelai was basically, like, saying to Rory, like, she might have meant it for um, Emily to find because she had kept his copy of it. Hmm. Yeah, it just felt weird. Rory's like, yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's, um... You know, and I could see also if she's diabolical that she would keep a copy of it. So if Richard, you know, try to confront her about it, she has a copy of exactly what she said. She'd be like, No, 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 I said this, you know. Mm. I could see like it would be her insurance policy kind of to make sure that what she said was accurate. Right. Cool. Instead and then, of you know, that's just a jerky thing to do. And then my least favorite Yeah, I'm gonna say Glenn as well. I don't know, just how like I don't know. I like to think, like, even with, like, a character like Emily, like, she's got her faults, but, like, you still sympathize with her because it's, the performance is so strong. But, like, actually, the place Glenn, like, I never feel any sympathy for Glenn. I just, like, 
Like, how did this guy even get into Yale? Like, he seems so... I don't know. Just... Non-functional. Yeah, like, non-functional on, like, a near, like, critical level. And I'm like, just how? So, I don't know. I mean... And some people do do okay until they get to college, too. And then that's when things kind of fall apart. So, but... Mm. Um, but yeah, his behavior is is creepy. It's it not is. just it's not just annoying. It's he's got some creepy behavior, and I can't really tell you what exactly that creepy behavior is, but I know when I see it. Yeah. No, he's definitely like I don't know, like I don't know, like it's Stuff just happening. This is very disturbing. Is probably the right way mm-hmm. word for it. Like yeah, just, and like can you pinpoint it? Is it just like it's a visceral? Do you get like this just visceral gut? like ugh, thing about him because that's where my my feeling is i don't even yeah. i can't even pinpoint what it is it's just like ugh. yeah that's basically my feelings about Glenn is, ugh. yeah um although uh him and jared padalecki both started in a movie together afterwards called cry wolf so oh there's, how did there's that, that. Do? sorry how did that do in the box office i don't think it did that well uh-huh. no um all right uh favorite reference for this episode um the uh, welcome to the dollhouse that glenn said it said that's a 1996 movie about a girl being bullied so i think he was referencing that with rory that she was now the target of the editor Mm. how about you uh when lorelei said dad's got a winona in the family how cool who is it and like winona Ryder infamously i think like this is kind of faded from memory now for a lot of people because she's now so big on stranger things but she got caught shoplifting back in like the early 2000s and there's a really good article i think it was in vanity fair about how that has followed her and how the in the public eye you're kind of not allowed to make mistakes um Mm. or you're not allowed to um i guess yeah make mistakes is a good way of saying it and because I think she shoplifted and then said that she was doing it to study for a role, but there wasn't a role that she had at the time that involved shoplifting. Um, but, you know, when when people do things it in the public, it doesn't become public knowledge. But Winona Ryder paid a really heavy price mm-hmm. for that. So I, I was I think up for the time, I think, yeah, that was still fresh in a lot of people's minds. But I think she's done a lot to kind of. Um, overcome that uh, that kind of stigma that, that she carried around from all the negative media attention she got. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. I just like that one. I mean, it was more like I heard it. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, I remember that being a thing. So... But yeah, now, I remember like, like there, are, there are shows that would would do like, like Winona Ryder jokes and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That was pretty... And I think now, like, she's moved past it in a lot of ways, but... Yeah, I think she's also had to... She's had to work at it, too, and you wonder, like... I mean, she was shoplifting. Yeah, you shouldn't shoplift, but the amount of... of, um... ridicule she got for it, and the amount of... just visceral reaction from people was... seemed to be way out of proportion to what happened. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just an interesting study in how... You know, would this have been different if it was somebody else? I mean, it, it it's um. So, anyways, yeah, I think it was Vanity Fair had a really good article about how she's worked at kind of needing to rehab her image and why should she have needed to rehab her image to begin with. So, anyways, 
Okay. Cool. Alright. Uh, um Yeah. Uh favorite quote. Do you have a favorite quote from this episode? My favorite quote is Kirk's entire translation of what Luke was saying, including like what was it, something biographers or <laughs> just starting going oh, yeah. And I, and I like where you said, well, like Lulu and I, you know, I read lips so, you know, we can have conversations but still have quiet. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, like, mine has to be the Cheese Cubes line because I think it's just one of the great Emily lines of the show. Like, it's up there for sure. There's one in season five that I think is probably the best, but, um, yeah. That one's pretty stellar. Yeah. When she says, I think we should just toss some cheese cubes in the coffin, in the coffin, sorry, stuff some toothpicks in her mouth and let people go to town. Like, it's just, yeah. And I think, like, Suki responds, she's like, are you serious? It's like, well, that's, that's Laurel, or, um, Emily for you, so. She's worked with, with Emily before, so she's like, what is going on, you know? Yeah. But, you know, and you can see, like, once Emily got on a roll, she just kept diving in deeper into that whole thing. Yeah. And this is, like, she... It's like you saw the wheels come off the car, and then it was careening towards a cliff, and she went there. There's something kind of beautiful in like the in like her completely falling apart like that. Yeah. Yeah, I just I don't know. Like when Emily loses control, and she kind of like loses that sense of, I guess, kind of like watching what she says, because she's very withheld usually. Like she's very careful not to like say the wrong thing or do the wrong thing, but. When she lets, when she leaves caution, caution to the wind, that's when she, it's actually really interesting because that she just says like some of the funniest things, like the, this or some of the other things she said. So, well, yeah. and she's got two different ways of kind of losing it. One is a narcissistic rage where she, and this is again the psych part. So the, the narcissistic rage is when she just goes on a full on uh, attack of someone where she demoralizes them and devalues them. And then this is the part of Emily that we see that she she gets upset, but goes in a different direction, and doesn't maybe have the narcissistic rage, but just completely loses it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think there's two different facets to her. I think the narcissistic rage is intended to wound, um, and mm-hmm. then this type of of being upset is like a different level. And maybe she's kind of grieving too, um, that the trick she thought she knew that she worked so so hard to please wasn't the tricks that she thought she was so it's almost like richard went into idealizing her and emily realized that who she thought she was was not the case and that she had kind of been had um and then emily's really into you know quote unquote winning and to find this letter you know where where this woman tried to basically ruin her life and her wedding um she realizes that that tricks did something that she and richard held from her and again, Emily does not like it when she doesn't know about stuff first. Yeah. She really Which likes... we just referenced in the episode. Yeah. Kind of what. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Um, okay. Uh, behind the scenes trivia for this episode. Let's see. Is there anything worth... Richard me- calls her Gran. And I thought that was interesting because he calls he calls does it once. I think he refers. To, I think he says this to Rory, but he's always called her tricks. So I thought that was interesting that he said Gran. Yeah. Um. I don't know if that was on purpose or a script thing or. Yeah, he kind of calls her a bunch of different things. Like, yeah. Oh, he does. Like, yeah, like he's called her Gran. He's called her tricks. He's called her so many different things. I don't know. I kind of lose track after a while. 
Mike, I think he means his mom. Um, but yeah, Mary and Ross. I like played. that he calls her tricks too. Oh, go ahead. Uh, Mary and Ross played both tricks and uh, cousin Marilyn cousin. in this episode. The bar glasses cousin. Yeah. Yeah. And Emily was right. She wanted the bar glasses. Yeah. I mean, at least she was very. That's my other about favorite it. line. Yeah, and Lorelai is like, "Oh yeah, that's so normal for a kid to want bar glasses." Yeah. <laughs> Did you say I wanted since I was a kid or something? Yeah. Um, there were a lot of great lines. So Rory found out that Grand met the Kennedy, Johnson, and Nixon, and those were the same presidents that Forrest Gump met. Ah, and I think she gets into detail too about like she was not like in the picture she she was. She was wise to what Nixon was doing or something. Like, she had a disapproving look. And you're, and I'm like, well, maybe Trix had disapproving looks to all the presidents. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, just really this one in particular. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's pretty much it. Uh, but you can kind of get why he calls her, why Richard calls her Trix instead of Mom. Is that, you know, when you hear these stories from the cousin about just the fierce independence, she might have been a, a woman that did not want to be called mom yeah it's she preferred possible. to be called by her first name mm-hmm. yeah um okay uh let's see uh mental health observations so that's like like the um the different reactions to grief where richard has said you know several times that what a saint she is um, yeah and i was like who are you talking about you know but i think that that you know the guilt that he has i mean that can lead to complicated grief when you have unresolved issues from you know like the last conversation you had. but you could tell he was being really tough on himself but i think that's a very normal reaction to have during grief um and he yeah. kind of bypassed shock and, and went right into um the the anger phase and the and just the the deep sorrow phase um, and the stages of grief, you know, you don't always go through those in order and you don't always go through all the stages, but there's um, there's denial and shock, bargaining, anger, depression, acceptance. Um, so you kind of see some of him doing those uh, during the episode. Uh, mm-hmm. And, um, and you know, it, and the, and he was really touched by all the gifts, but I thought it was also kind of interesting when he was like, we got four hams. What are we going to do with four hams? You know, like, yeah. you know, it's funny, like when, when something like that happens, sometimes you just like, the the minutia and the detail you're just like this is ridiculous you know like you just stuff becomes just so absurd when you deal with the death in the family because it's like you know someone's upset about like you know like what skirt they're gonna wear and you're just like somebody's dead can you just like pull it together Mm -hmm. so so i think it was kind of portrayed well by how people like and emily was just like well i'm grieving over this person also found out that she's not the person i thought and now now her husband you know feels like her husband's betrayed her um, so it's just like a wide range of grief, but, but again, you know, sometimes, you know, people just hit a point where they lose their inhibition. I think we saw that with Emily that she's yeah. kind of, I think she was kind of getting back at Richard, but at the same time also kind of dealing with her own grief. Yeah. Yeah. Cause in a way she's grieving too. It's just different than Richard's. Mm-hmm. Right. And Richard has this kind of idealized, unrealistic view of her too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Which that's a whole other thing to unpack because I think there's some stuff going on there that maybe we'll find out later in the show. Yeah. And also, if your if your partner isn't willing to go to a family member's funeral with you, really rethink the relationship. Uh, the fact that that Jason slash Digger 
said that he didn't want to go to the grandmother's funeral because he had had a lot of funerals in his family. I was like, pull it together. Come on. Um, you know, I understand if you've had trauma, but this is something where it just seemed like he just didn't want to go. That he had had a death in the family every month. Well, okay, but this is your partner and her grandmother's died, so you need to step up to the plate. Maybe talk to a therapist, and but you need to go to support your person. Mm -hmm. So I found that to be really distasteful of him, and so I am I'm definitely not on team Jason, even though I kind of but if you have someone that can't for you times really rethink the relationship yeah it also just seems like he you know he has the wrong priorities in life which he's very self-absorbed yeah yeah like i don't know how old he is i'm assuming he's like mid-30s but like it just seems odd that he has he's like younger yeah right like just his sense of priorities he just seems so immature yeah, he seems like he's like stuck in a in adolescent years, mm -hmm. and we kind of see that a little bit with with the next episode where he's having you know commitment issues are very real and a lot of people have them, but there's a there's an immaturity to it that is I think different than when we see commitment issues in other people. Yeah, uh, and and you know like that whole like oh well you know these all these people died by family, but how long ago was that? I think he said it was when he was a kid or something or like yeah. he was when he was a young adult. But it's like, come on, your partner needs you. And again, if this is such an issue that you can't show up for your for your partner's family member, mm -hmm. um, funeral, then then you know you need to kind of take a look at whether you got some stuff you need to work through. Yeah, exactly. But she kind of let him off the hook. She's like, okay, and I'm like, really? Yeah, it's out, out of character, character for her. Yeah. Like, you think... But she's grieving too because maybe she wasn't even thinking about that. Yeah, it could be. Because, yeah, you know, she's left to do all the planning. And the other thing is, too, is that, yeah, I know Trix want all this stuff done, but she's dead, so you can kind of do what you want with her. Mm -hmm. But I also understand Emily wanting to meet it to a T, but at some point, I'm surprised Lorelai didn't just say, you know what, because of circumstances of finding out this letter, we're just going to give her the send-off that we think is appropriate, um, and that's it. You know, because of the amount of time and energy she had to devote to it and tracking all these people down and, uh, and she made the plans 20 years ago. It's okay when somebody's gone if you're not able to fulfill their wishes. It's okay. Yeah. Cool. But she still had him jumping through hoops even after she's dead. I thought that was fascinating. Yeah, that felt strange. So. But I see, I've seen it happen in families. I've seen that where someone leaves really elaborate directions it's usually someone that's had a lot of control in the family and they leave these elaborate directions that people feel very guilty if they don't um, and upset if they aren't able to fall into a T. And so I've told people, you know, that you can do things that you don't need to go bankrupt trying to give this person the funeral that they requested, mm -hmm. that there's ways to modify or incorporate things, but you shouldn't have to go into debt. Um, yeah, because it's, because you're trying to follow this person's wishes. Yeah. There's also you have to look out for for your own financial well-being and your own well-being. Period. Like mm -hmm. if setting something up the way somebody wants it causes you a lot of undue stress, then it's time to rethink whether you really need to do all that stuff. Yeah, exactly. Cool. 
I think it's time to review, rate this episode. What would you give this episode a score of? I guess an 8.5. I think, like, I think we said before we started recording that we're getting into some really good episodes, and I think this is, uh, this kind of stands out for me. I really, I thought Emily did a really good job. It was yeah. nice seeing her kind of act kind of against her usual behavior. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It seemed like she was kind of un- uninhibited in a way. Like, she yeah. was just kind of like, she was doing things her way, and, mm-hmm. um, yeah. You kind of have to respect that a little bit because, you know, right. she's usually so restrained and like, yeah, doing things the way that, you know, she's expected to. So when right. things are like catastrophically not going her way, yeah, she's going to definitely be, uh, you know, going off the deep end like that. But I think that kind of like, little... oh, sorry. Okay. Well, she's got a little bit of a martyr thing to her. You know, yeah. like she's done all this stuff for other people. And has never said no. And here she's kind of reaching the, the end of the line where it's like, well, here I did all this stuff for someone. And not only did I not get thanked for it, but now this person is trying to sabotage me. Yeah. But she also had a choice as to whether she put forth all that effort towards people. Mm-hmm. Now, you could say that because of her place in life, that that was kind of her pre-prescribed social status, that she had to set up um, the business you know, luncheons and do all that stuff mm-hmm. but at the same time she does have free will so maybe we're going to get into emily kind of realizing that getting that involved is a choice mm-hmm. cool uh yeah i'll also give this an eight and a half out of ten as well mm-hmm. this episode is really strong uh mm-hmm. yeah I don't even really know what holds it back, but I just, I think it's because I know there's some episodes that are for me stronger than this, but this one is very strong though still. So Yeah, that was really good. Cool. Well, Steph you can find over at stephaniesarkis.com. Gaslighting is her book and Talking Brains is her other podcast. And I'm over at threeingrenders.com where almost every other day we've got some content going up. And with that said, we'll see you all next time. Bye for now.